Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is The Big Question, the show that gives you too much information about which planets have the best neighborhoods to settle into after your home world is randomly destroyed by a being from another dimension. My name is MT, and I'm here today with the one and only Jessica Clemens. What's going on, Jess? Hey, I'm ready to become the realtor of the universe. <laughs> Find you a new home planet. So you just, your family's all gone and dead? Well, that's too bad. <laughs> Plenty Can of real estate opportunity yeah. in outer Can space. Can I show you Jupiter? <laughs> you will die from it being too cold. Like, there's no air here, but there's plenty of free real estate. They're like, damn, I could make a farm here, but everything will die. Did you, um, yeah. did you hear that in, in Japan that they're giving away, like, $500 homes? Basically, like, selling homes for $500? Um, pretty great. I gotta, I gotta get off this right, right? now. I gotta get off this call right now. So I gotta ticket. I gotta, I gotta, I got a prior, a prior situation going on. Are we ready to jump into this? Oh yes. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's do it. So you guys, recently on Loki, we saw the moon destroying doom heading for the people of Lamantis One. According to the timekeepers, this civilization was supposed to be wiped out. Mm. But even if everyone on Lamantis One were able to escape. Where would they even go? They would just be another exile civilization in the MCU looking for a home, which seems to be a huge major theme, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Are the creative forces at Marvel trying to tell us something? This all leads to our week's big question, which is, could we see the destruction of Earth in the main MCU dimension? Mm, that is a good question, because whenever Kevin Feige does something in the MCU, he does tend to do it to prepare people for something bigger. Like in Loki, we're getting the introduction of variants, which is basically a primer for Multiverse of Madness and, and everything that's going to happen in, in Doctor Strange 2 and everything moving forward and probably Quantumania too. Now, it is true that the MCU loves to wipe out civilizations or at least put them on the run. It's a powerful narrative device that comes with an extremely high stakes for the characters involved. Plus, it gives the audience a way to instantly understand a character's motivations and empathize with their motivations to protect their home. But could there be more to it than that? Could Marvel be prepping us for something destructive to happen to our precious Earth? I hope not, Kevin. I love that Earth. I live there and, well, hopefully there's an MCUMT. I would like to think that there's an MCUMT <laughs> doing this exact thing. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Oh, what would that MT, would he be doing this or would you be like, well, give me pictures of Spider-Man? Hon like, what, what Honestly, I hope I'm working for like, I don't know, Baskin Robbins. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you would absolutely be killed if you worked at the Baskin-Robbins. The same Baskin-Robbins from Ant-Man 1. That Ant-Man Yeah, <laughs> okay. That's where I would be working. Okay. Are we about to see the humans of the MCU running for the last evacuation ships off of a dying planet? Are we ultimately doomed? I think so. <laughs> doomed. doomed. Okay, let's start by taking a look at some of the exiled and extinct civilizations that we've already come across in the MCU. Starting with, of course, the latest one, Lamentis One. They live on the livable moon of a planet called Lamentis. And according to the timekeepers, everyone on this moon is supposed to die when the planet Lamentis fully breaks apart and comes crashing into it. And we don't mm -hmm. know the reason behind the destruction of Lamentis. This planet had only originally appeared in Annihilation Conquest Prologue Number One before it appeared in Loki. And in that comic, Lamentis is described as an outworld on the edge of Kree space. And if this Lamentis in the show mm -hmm. is similar, then it's possible that this is a timeline where Xandar and the Nova Corps are not around to protect the Lamentis, likely thanks to the actions mm -hmm. of Thanos, as we saw in Avengers Infinity War, or was alluded to in Avengers Infinity War, rather. I would have loved to see it in Avengers Infinity War, but I, I won't be greedy. Oh, I, wouldn't we all? It would have been really cool to see wouldn't the destruction of Xandar. Wouldn't we all? Oh, after the movie, I was reading an interview that made me so mad, and it stuck with me forever of them being like, 
there's just too many stones. <laughs> they were like, there's too many stones and we didn't want to do exposition on every stone. And I was like, I wanted to see every stone. I wanted to see Seriously, every like at least put it in the DVD extras, all right? Just like- Yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Make a director's cut. Make a, make a director's cut, Release the Russo cut, Brothers cut, oh, honestly. God. Okay, we, we can't start that. We can't start cut, that. Which you know they definitely, we could start it, but there's no such yeah. thing. And he's like, I didn't yeah, shoot it. it. We didn't, exist. we talked about not putting it in. I'm like, redo it, reshoot the entire thing. I need this. But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm still salty about it. Maybe I'm just salty today. <laughs> anyway, without the protection of someone like the Kree, it could lead to a situation where the people on the Mentis One are about to be destroyed by the collapsing planet. And speaking of Thanos, he is the mm -hmm. cause of many of the displaced and destroyed civilizations in the MCU. So let us check out some of this man's purple handiwork, because he has purple hands. He cannot do handiwork Ooh. if the handiwork is not purple. Oh handiwork. yeah. Remember that, kids. I remember those hands. Do you now? Do you? Mm. <laughs> the tales those hands could tell. <laughs> You're killing me, Jesse. You're killing me. Call the horny police. Bomb. You're getting bombed by the horny dog. <laughs> okay. And of course, we've got to start off with Xandar. Xandar is, of course, the home of the Xandarians, as well as a bunch of other alien species. And Xandar is also the capital mm -hmm. of the Nova Empire and home base of the Nova Corps. And Xandar was home to 12 billion people. And then at least half of them were wiped out by Thanos in 2018 when he came to get the Power Stone. And we assume that he did his little 50-50 yeah. trick because Thor just tells the Guardians that he decimated Xandar. So we don't know the exact um, thing that Thanos did to Xandar at this point. We're just going to assume that he uh, just killed half of the people. So in order for Thanos to destroy Xandar, Thanos definitely had to have wiped out the Nova Corps as they would have fought mm -hmm. to the very last soldier to stand in his way. And this would have had a huge impact on the galaxy as the Nova Corps are basically the highway patrol of the stars. And without them around to keep the peace, things would get out of hand super fast, like really fast. Could you imagine the world without the highway patrol? It would Do you be... know how good our life would be? <laughs> <laughs> we would be free going as fast as we wanted. Do you know how many tickets we wouldn't be getting, you guys? Hear me out. Seriously. Um, <laughs> We could have our own Autobahn. Going back to the Xandarians, mm -hmm. Um, if the Nova Corps are not existent, mm. then there has to be like at least a few left. Cause it's also just like, it's, uh, as Nova Corps are people, but it's also like, uh, like a, a value. It's also like people just, just like the Nova Corps that are like, I'm going to become the Nova Corps. So I feel like there's still some Nova Corps out there in the universe, but this planet definitely doesn't have that many. Yeah, there, there definitely has to be some type of Nova survivor or survival of yeah. like the Nova, um, the hive mind, or I forget what it was called. Yeah, the, the world, world mind. mind. And also if the world mind, and so in Nova, the world mind, and which it doesn't have to tie too much to the comics, but in the comics where Nova is straight up, took over a bunch of people and was like mind controlling them so they wouldn't leave, she could just, or it could do that again and just bring more people into the Nova Corps. I mean, to be fair, the Nova Corps lose, not lose a lot, but they like lose most of their people <laughs> a lot. So it's like all for nothing, but they could easily bring more people in. Oh yeah. It's uh, all you need is the world mind to brainwash oh, people. Yeah. Just like Highway Patrol. <laughs> just like the Highway Patrol. And like with the, with we'll the uh, with the introduction of the Eternals coming up in the movie and the the concept of the Unimind and all this stuff and a little bit of uh -huh. uh, what yeah. we've seen with the uh, the Supreme Intelligence in Captain Marvel, um, who is like basically the um, amalgamation of all the the past Kree um, people that have lived into one huge mega brain. I think that it's it's not um, impossible for us to see the world that the world mind very soon. 
Okay, so next up is the Zahobari, Gamora's people. The Zahobari are a brace of green-skinned humanoids from the planet Zen-Hulberi. Gesundheit. Wow, from the planet Zen-Hulberi. And these people are Gamora's people. And we know from Infinity War what happened to the Zahobari. The poverty and starvation was a problem on their homeworld. So Thanos showed up to do a little bit of, you know, resource reallocation. You know what I'm saying? Where that basically meant killing half of everybody on that planet, which wasn't very nice. But he did get a daughter out of that whole thing. So everything's coming up Thanos. <laughs> hey. Hey. Just because you steal a steal a child doesn't mean it's not your child. <laughs> doesn't mean that's not your kid. That's you're you're the daddy now. That's just the rules of dad's work. You know, mad I'd be to be another kid to see her survive and then choose her. I'd be like, why not me? It's <laughs> like, why do I have to die? Don't kill me. I can I can I can balance a knife. Watch this. Do, 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 start juggling. I like to think that Thanos had like a pageant, or not a pageant, but like a competition where like he had all these little kids compete to live. Like, I'm just saying the Hunger Games. <laughs> now, while Thanos may claim that his actions brought about prosperity to the remaining 50% of people that survived, the Nova Corps database indicated that the species is now functionally extinct and Gamora is the last of her kind. And this could be true for most of the planets that Thanos tried to correct. Wiping out half of the population doesn't always get rid of the civilization's problems. Instead, it creates a whole new host of economic and societal issues, as we saw in Falcon and Winter Soldier, pretty much. And maybe Thanos should have worked on this math a little bit more when he went around screwing with other people's planets. Mm -hmm. So, come on, Thanos. I mean, I know you're a genius and all, but uh, let's do the math next time, okay? <laughs> he said... Oops, my bad. Oopsies. Like, well, I'm not really thinking that far. He's like, ah, murder first. Think about it second, you oh know? God. Genocide, schmenocide. And next up is the Kylosians. The Kylosians hail from Kylos and are the species where Drax comes from. And they suffer the fate of Thanos' desire to rebalance the universe and were massacred by Ronan the Accuser. And we don't know as much about the continued existence of this species that takes everything super literally, which is the best part of that species. But if they <laughs> suffer the same fate as the Zahobari after Thanos' balancing act, then their bloodlines may have petered out as well. Or maybe they're all just standing perfectly still and we can't see them, which is also very likely. <laughs> that'd be hilarious if like, that'd be hilarious if that's how the planet worked. If like the planet didn't move, but like you couldn't see it because it just didn't move. It so didn't your brain move. can't perceive it. That'd be I hilarious. Thought I thought you were going to say that if everybody on the planet was Drax, and I was like, oh God, <laughs> that planet would be I mean, that's chaos. basically what it sounds like, because they all take everything literally, so they're all basically just Draxes. That is, is true. hilarious. So next up are the Dwarves of Nadivalir. And Thanos wiped out these dwarves except for Yetri. And these were the dwarves that ran the Star Forge that they used to make Mjolnir, the Infinity Gauntlet, and eventually Stormbreaker, which, you know, is Thanos' little axe. X, X, X. I mean, really an oversight by Thanos to leave Etri around, but yet another species wiped out by Thanos nonetheless, mm -hmm. so. It wasn't as like a, it wasn't, he didn't do it as an act of like, see what happens when you work with me. It was more <laughs> so he killed him to be like, I, I can't kill you because I need someone to still make my stuff. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I I'm own you I'm still gonna now. kill all your people. He's like, thanks for the gauntlet. Still killed them and was like, also, can you make me like a gold spoon? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you hey, make some pretty good think, shit. So, uh, you know. Hey, do you think you could make me a shake weight? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you. like, you killed my people. He's like, I'm gonna let you live because your Etsy is pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the Etsy account and them socks are fired, dude. Like, <laughs> and I'm gonna come back. Them gold, solid gold socks. 
And next we have the Titans. We got to remember the Titans now. And Thanos would not even have been on this mission if he didn't witness the extinction of his people of Titan. And even on Titan, overpopulation and a lack of resources led to the extinction of a species. And Thanos is the only survivor that we know about from Titan. I mean, we could have, you know, Star Fox around there. We could have Alar still around here mm. just doing whatever they're doing because they are eternal. So they're very long-lived people. Yeah. And But this does go to show how the destruction of just one species can have immense ripple effects on the cosmos in general. And if everything had just been fine and dandy on Titan, so much needless death could have been avoided completely. Or if they would have just killed Thanos. <laughs> yeah, killing Thanos as a okay, baby so would have been pretty great. <laughs> that, the crazy thing about Thanos and Titan is the fact that he saw this problem and his first instinct was like, wow, we'd have more food and resources if we just killed half of us. <laughs> so he goes to the leader, tells the leaders that, and the leaders are like, you're insane. We're not going to kill half of us. To feed the and rest he's like, of oh, us. no, 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 don't worry about it. It's going to be completely random. And they're like, bro, you're and insane. Like, <laughs> it's literally insane. It's such an insane idea. And he, he like, the the, the the fact that he couldn't think of, he couldn't brainstorm any other right? idea. It's, any other it's like, ideas. we could eat less meat. Like, we could just, you know, recycle. It's yeah, like, no, we, we got to kill half. We've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> he said, if we kill half of us, and then they're just like, Oh, who are you choosing to kill? He's like, well, first, Doug, my neighbor, he's always snooping around. Uh, the mailman that keeps putting my mail in my neighbor's inbox. Uh, like, it's just like, how do you right, choose? Like, he's like, oh, murder? it can't be me because I, I, we need someone smart enough to decide yeah, who to kill people. Like, <laughs> I came up with the idea. And next up are, of course, the scrolls. Right? I don't know if you remember in Captain Marvel, them mm. being exiled or on the run was a very big point of that movie okay so in the mcu the scrolls home planet of scrollos has been destroyed by the kree following a genocidal war and this has the scrolls scattered across the galaxy hiding out wherever they can and we're really going to see this play out in this upcoming secret invasion series with nick fury and talos and all that fun stuff which which is probably going to be a, a super wild ride and i can't wait for it but could they be coming to take earth from us, or perhaps steal another planet from an unsuspecting well, species. It sucks because in the comics, the scrolls and the Kree are both not inherently, like, they're not good or bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, they both want to do terrible things. To, they have threats posed on Earth all the time. But yeah. in the MCU, I'm, which, correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. I'm taking that they're making the scrolls the good people. See, here's the and thing, though. And they're making the Kree the bad people. They, so the scrolls that we follow in, the, in Captain Marvel, they are mm -hmm. good scrolls, but like... Yes. Scrolls are a huge race of people, and like they're yeah, all exactly. probably like there's probably good scrolls and bad scrolls. So like the good scrolls were probably like, hey, Planet Earth was pretty crazy, and then the other scrolls are like, wait a minute, Planet Earth? You mean that's free real estate? It's free real estate. Let's say that. <laughs> and so it's like, oh wait, we can't just do that. <laughs> we can't just do that, I, my dude. I have this weird feeling that they're setting up Talos's daughter to be a bad scroll. A bad scroll. Yeah. Oh, and Talos I is would. like has to go off against mm. his daughter. To like you know mm, save the planet because he likes the planet. I would eat that. <laughs> I would eat that. I hope up. so. And of course we have the Asgardians. And as we all saw, Ragnarok finally came to Asgard when Surtur fulfilled his destiny and destroyed the Asgardians' home world. But as Odin told us, Asgard is not a place. Asgard is where our people stand, which is a very smart way to never make sure your home base never truly gets destroyed. And those Asgardians that survived Ragnarok have found a new place on Midgard, but they could be on the run again soon if Earth faces annihilation. And I think, of course, it's worth bringing up Groot because his story is one of exile. While 
while the Flora Colossi weren't wiped out, our very own group was exiled from the Planet X after he fought some of his vegetative brethren when he saw them being too mean to other helper mammals. And the Flora Colossi don't appear to leave their planet often, making Group a very rare sight in the galaxy. If you look back to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, when the Collector, who's seen like a ton of different species, sees Groot, he's like, what is this? Who are you? I've never seen you before. So the Flora Colossi are very, very rare. So again, Groot's story is also one of exile and searching for a new home. Which leads us to the Dark Elves from Thor 2. Um, even those evil end of the universe loving Dark Elves are displaced people. Now, originally hailing from Spartalheim, one of the nine realms, they had to go on the run after pissing off King Bor, Thor's grandpa, who fought a mighty war. King Bor fought the mighty war. I don't know why I love that line so much, but I, I'll always bring it up. But after spending some time chilling in suspended animation, the Dark Elves came back to end the universe once again. But this time, Thor pretty much wiped them all out. I mean, we say pretty much because we did see a Dark Elf in the Collector's Collection before it went kablooey, so... We don't really know exactly how many elves, dark elves survived that altercation, but they're they're pretty much all wiped out because you don't really see them again. But maybe there's still a single dark elf out there just looking for a new home. Who knows? I think that'd make a really fun series. Just like <laughs> a dark elf hitchhiking thumb up. Just like, I just need a new home. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I would take it a dark elf because they're uh, super creepy. Like, they're very creepy. And then, of course, we have Gore the God Butcher. In Thor Love and Thunder, we're going to be introduced to Gore the God Butcher. And wouldn't you know it, his backstory in the comics also involves a race of people struggling to survive and facing annihilation. In the comics, Gore comes from a planet with no name where society consistently teeters on the brink of starvation. And they're told to trust the gods and that the gods would provide and answer their prayers. But Gore just sits and waits while no god shows up and pretty much his whole family dies. So this sets him up on a path of revenge to wipe out all of these gods who never bothered to help his people. It's actually a very sad story, and I sort of get the frustration, Gore, but murder is never the answer unless, you know, I don't, You've never been a villain. You don't <laughs> understand them like you I do. You don't understand the struggle. I don't. Um, I'm it's sorry. Also, my, I don't know why. I don't know how. I cannot figure out for the love of me why these are my favorite stories but stories where people are like in the comics se series where they're like waiting for gods to come help them and the mm. gods never show it's depressing it's, like, I, it's depressing but it's like i think it's because we see so much of the gods and by the gods we see like so much of thor and his family and everybody and asgard mm -hmm. that when we go to the normal comic books of the villains that are just like waiting for their answers to be heard by these people and they're not getting it answered and then they <laughs> die i'm always like yeah that make me mad no i i, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think you all. bring up a really good point because like that that is our interesting perspective where like you know the gods and the heroes they can't be everywhere but when they show up do you know how hard it must be and i mean that's the reason for the writing mm. but do you know how hard it must be to like be like thor is my god and you never see him until like <laughs> new york is under fire by loki mm -hmm. and you're just like I've been over here praying Pray to you. My daughter is dead. <laughs> like she's dead. She starved to death because of you. Like I get it. it uh, it's not the same, mm -hmm. but it's it kind of, like that's why I like Black Adam so much. Mm -hmm. Like his story of like vengeance against like just kind of basically capitalism it's like <laughs> well, now it is back in the day it was like i was a slave and i wanted to kill all the masters now it's like oh uh i see all these people in this like company 
being worked to death, I'm going to go kill their boss. <laughs> but like, it's like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. Go, go on with your bad self. Go do what you got to do. Just, <laughs> anger is justified. No, I, I really like that because um, if you think about, you know, Asgard as a people and as a place in, in their history, they're basically like the, the 1%. They're the rich people. And like, yeah, they are, you know, and so like they're up on their, you know, their high horse and like looking down at everybody. Well, meanwhile, everyone else is suffering and like it isn't this amazing paradise everywhere else. And like the Asgardians aren't doing anything. So, yeah, like you said, they're not you're right. They're drinking I, and partying. I do like that perspective <laughs> a lot because like that does give Gore some 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 what do you call it? Yeah, I, I can't wait. Some... I can't wait for Gore the God Butcher. Yeah. It's going to it's Christian so Bale. Excited. That dude's going to knock it out of the park. I'm... He's going like to that dude's a he's a method actor, so he probably is just out there in outer he's, space living it. He's just wouldn't be surprised if we hear that Natalie Portman got killed oh, on no. set because he picked her up and threw her somewhere. Because he is, he's that crazy. He's like, oops, accidentally he's not killed Jared, her. Um, he's not Jared Leto, you know, yeah, um, Joker crazy, God. but he is a method acting. I'm gonna be detrimental to my own health. I, I feel like it's hard to acting. reach that Jared Leto level of uh, extra. It's not hard. You just don't have to do it. You just, just don't have don't. to do it. That's all it yeah. takes. Just don't just do it. Act, when Jared. you have that first thought where you're like, hmm, should I send my my like my co-workers weird stuff? Just don't do it. Yeah, you know? usually. That's why we have HR departments. Hey, Paul! Okay, so as you can see, there are plenty of examples of displaced and destroyed populations throughout the MCU. But is this all just a primer for our own fate? Could Earth be the one in the crosshairs soon? I don't know, but let's do a rundown of some possible destructive forces that could be facing the planet. Starting with, you know, the most obvious and the most on our minds, the Celestials, because the Celestials be destroying planets. I don't know if you noticed, but they love to do that. It's, it's basically a sport to them. These armored a-holes are for sure going to make their presence known in the upcoming Eternals film, and we already know that they have a penchant for blowing up planets that they see as failures in the genetic science fair, but could they be coming for Earth Next, I mean, we can only hope that the Eternals have a plan to save us, or at the very least, uh, a place for us to escape to, because that'd be nice to not be destroyed by uh, Celestials just uh, doing science. It'd be cool to see them. Not cool to die. One, one cool of my biggest fe this is this is like legit 100% true. <laughs> I probably shouldn't put this on the internet, but like one of my biggest irrational fears is seeing a big face in the sky. Like a big face, Ooh. like you know, like show me what you show got, what Rick you and Morty got. scenario. That exact show me what that you exact got. scenario would I would freak the fuck out because my brain could not process. Oh that. god! So like when they make Earth perform on the Universal version of American Idol, someone yo, check I am, on MT. I passed out. Somebody I passed out and or died MT. because that's that's a weird. I don't know what I would do. I would just be like, well, time to steal. <laughs> Big face in the sky, time to steal, I guess. I would, I would be going to like Target. <laughs> I'd be going to like Target. I wouldn't be wow. going to like my neighbor's house and be like, give me your iPad. I'm not going to break into people's homes. I'm just going to break into Target. Capitalism. I'm here to take it down. I dig it. Mm -hmm. Trying. Okay, so the Celestials obviously are, you know, probably the main threat to Earth at this moment in time. Galactus is still a thing, and with the Fantastic Four coming up, we could see Galactus coming up very soon. But of course, Galactus is the devourer of worlds, so it only makes sense that he would eventually crave the tastiest world that there is, Earth. Because uh, I hear it, it tastes like, um, I don't know. Pollution? <laughs> Gas? 
it tastes like pollution. gases. <laughs> Galactus is a classic big bad in Marvel Comics. And like I said before, with the Fantastic Four coming to the MCU soon, there's a chance that we could see Galactus soon as well. So that's Galactus. But another really uh, likely scenario for Earth's destruction could be the Annihilation Wave. Now, remember back to the beginning of the episode when we were talking about Lamentus 1 and how Lamentus has only appeared in comics only once before? Well, fun fact, that comic that the planet first appeared in had to do with the Annihilation Wave. The Annihilation Wave is, of course, the interdimensional army of Annihilus, a conqueror from the Negative Zone. And his only fear is death, so he spends his time taking this huge planet-destroying Annihilation Wave across dimensions, wiping out anyone who stands in his way. And with Lamentus coming to the MCU, it could be a nod to a future threat coming to Earth. But now, speaking of threats, we do have the Multiversal Crisis that we assume is coming up in Multiverse of Madness, or maybe even at the end of Loki. And we've heard a lot about the Multiversal War from the TVA and Loki, and it could be a real threat to the Earth in this dimension. And it's possible that the citizens from an Earth facing destruction in an alternate dimension could come racing to our Earth for refuge, or even vice versa. Our dimension could need a new planet to go to, so we could be hopping to another planet for uh for help which would be a uh, kind of crazy mm, are we doing that right now we are with elon, Mu with elon i almost said elon tusk with elon musk <laughs> i mean with with him sending that uh, car into outer space <laughs> finding new oh, new God. life don't even get me started on that car <laughs> keep going <laughs> and like i said before with the next doctor strange film diving into the multiverse of madness we could be looking at something similar to the recent secret wars comic event in 2015 which is one of my favorite comic events ever and pro i think the first comic event i've ever read yeah in that event battle world was set up comprised of fragments of alternate marvel universes and timelines and the end results of secret wars altered the main marvel universe timeline and shuffled around some key players from the multiverse and that's how we have uh, miles morales in the main marvel 616 universe because before he was in um, the ultimate universe earth 1610 so you know the if we have a secret war scenario happen here we could see another multiverse shuffle on a cinematic scale. We could get elements from the Fox X-Men. We could get maybe even a permanent, uh, you know, what do you call it? Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man <laughs> in the MCU. Who knows? Anything could happen. But that is it for my answer for the question. I mean, hopefully uh, the people of MCU Earth are not going to face exile soon, but it would be great to see that, especially if they do the Builder War. Like, oh my God, the Builders. But before we continue on with this video, uh, if you like what we do here on New Rockstars, you can help us do more of it by going to newrockstarsmerch.com. We've got t-shirts like this one. I finally got my, my swag. I got this variant shirt from newrockstarsmerch.com and it is wonderful. I feel cooler than most people. Uh, <laughs> but yes, we have t-shirts, stickers, buttons, hats, hoodies, and all kinds of cool stuff. So head on over to newrockstarsmerch.com to grab some cool gear and help this channel out because it really does help the show. So Credit Karma wants to help you with a Credit Karma money spend account. Get rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. And when you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. And just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added to your spend account. And Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in instant karma. Open your FDI insured account for free. And when you make a purchase between July 1st and July 23rd, you'll be automatically entered to win $1 million. And right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. 
Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules and banking services are provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. And now it is time for our bite-sized questions of the program. And our first bite-sized question of the day is... What are some of the strangest things the Venom symbiote has bonded with, Jess? And this is from that mm, okay. purple 57 on Twitter, which is great because... Did, did you write this? Did I, I you like, write this? I'd be drinking yours? some purple oh, sometimes. Look at what you guys did. Mm. That purple This 57. is my purple water. This is water. But I like to drink mm -hmm. it to keep me uh, hydrated. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Purple water. That makes com <laughs> that's completely real. So... <laughs> There have been truly insane and bizarre Venom symbiote combinations in Marvel Comics, and here are just a few of our favorites, specifically okay. mine and Brandon's. Okay, ready? <laughs> in an alternate timeline, there was a symbiote merged with Ben Grimm to make a rock-solid Venom. Do you have the... Can you see the images? Or do you remember them? If you remember them, just yell it at me. Hold on, let me... Because the Ben Grimm symbiote is my type. Hold on, let empty. me see. Oh my, my yes, type. that is 100% your type. My type. It is a big is... man. That is a brute of a man. Oh my God, that is like 100% Thanos vibes right there. That is, and <laughs> destroys you. Like, not like sexually, but like it, in a fight, I would not go against that. Hey, why not both I... is what I'm saying. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Okay. And then they also merged with both Rocket and Groot got a taste of the venom mm. when the guardians had to watch over the symbiote for a bit and the they're so it's really it's just so funny because rocket's kind of cute and groot is also kind of cute because groot is just like i, I don't know they look quite i mean groot looks pretty terrifying rocket uh rocket's a little bit less terrifying but venom groot Rocket's is a little less terrifying Again, I love villains. Everyone knows this. So this entire list is just my cup of tea. I'm like, these are perfect. Uh, we got She-Venom when the symbiote took over Anne Wayne, Eddie Brock's ex-wife. Mm. We actually got a small live action taste of this in the Venom movie. Also, She-Venom itself is, is so cool. There was the time that Venom bonded with the T-Rex from the Savage Land and we got this badass hey, T-Rex Venom. Are you talking about Devil oh, Dinosaur? Is that what happened? Yeah, and... Oh my God! You do not want this monster coming at you in any way, shape. Oh my God! Or form. No, it's a monstrosity. It's not Devil Dinosaur, I don't think, but it's still a monstrosity of a. Like, that's terrifying. That is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Wow. Love it. Love it. <laughs> you thought a T Rex? You thought a T Rex by itself was terrifying? Just wait until uh, Venom T Rex. Like the symbiote gets attached to this monster. Yo, Jurassic World um, would be a different franchise. I'm telling you right that right now. Honestly, probably the same because the T-Rex and Jurassic Park, that was its whole thing. It was like, it's killing for sport or it's killing for fun, which is just like That's Venom. true. So it's this like, is true. That's a good point. Good point. Jurassic Park just realized, <laughs> took, just took Venom. Okay. So we have the T-Rex Venom. We have Spider-Ham has faced a villain named Pork Grind, uh, who looks like the symbiote covered pig and seems to have all the same abilities. Of course, that's the one that you chuckle at. <laughs> uh poor grind is super cool it's a great gamer tag take it if you Seriously. haven't already and the image is so fun. so fun another one of my types if it wasn't an animal <laughs> and then finally according to the deadpool secret secret wars the symbiote bonded with deadpool before it bonded with peter parker that would make deadpool the symbiote's first contact with a human. wow i had no idea yeah like that's so like when it comes to like the more comedic comics like your deadpools or your squirrel girls mm. it's like they keep making funny little retcons oh, like this girl. where it's just like oh shit like oh but he was the first one because it's funny that way <laughs> 
but like is this, this is this like really canon i guess it is canon because it's marvel it's now That's it is wild. it's like well now it is I'm so preoccupied with whether or not they could they didn't stop to think if they should now it is i side note i started um i read squirrel girl when i was mm-hmm. younger thought it was fun i was like i didn't really attach it to the mcu because it didn't feel like that when i was reading it when mm-hmm. i was a child now I'm rereading it and I'm like, God, I love She's her. She's so great. She's so funny. <laughs> I love the, her. Reread Squirrel Girl, everybody. The it's whole very comic refreshing. is ridiculous in the best way. Like, please read Squirrel Girl. Um, so those are a few of our favorite symbiote yes. characters that have all, there's also obviously more but these are our favorite ones these ones are very cartoony very fun also great to see in uh the mcu if they do come into the yes, mcu for sure <laughs> but for our second question we have from grin and barrack on twitter which is our off greens producer uh brandon <laughs> thank you brandon Nepotism. He does us. harley quinn have powers Great freaking question. I love me some Harley's Harley. great. Love me some I HQ. I mean, we got Suicide Squad uh, coming up, so it's all about Harley these days. Baby! Baby! baby it's always been about <laughs> Harley for me. So, the short answer is that Harley Quinn doesn't have real superpowers, and we're going to get into it, but she's so... She's she's no normal average Joe, obviously. For her transformation, she was gifted. Uh, she had a genius-level IQ, and she was the most badass yes. gymnast. She was literally could have been the olympics like she's mm. amazing but those aren't superpowers <laughs> just talented <laughs> they are, and smart they are in terms of these people are superheroes for mm-hmm. us today but in the comic book world that's not a superpower <laughs> she's just mm-hmm. amazing so the character was originally conceived for a batman anime series from mm-hmm. the 90s but she quickly became a fan favorite and was absorbed into the comics her original origin had her simply driven insane by the Joker, but that has been since revised. Her story now involves her being dunked into the same chemicals that the Joker was transforming her skin and hiding her sanity. But there's so many different things that right. it could be that there is no definitive line, except for in like one comic book issue a long time ago where he's like 98% sodium, 20% this. And it's like, you can make it from home, kids. You want to make crack? It's like, no, it's. we're gonna leave it here with saying that it's we don't know what's the chemical that's in there but it has been insinuated that they should have killed a normal person so the fact that the both joker and harley quinn survived the dunks must mean that they are some sort of very special person and also um in the comics poison ivy injected harley with a special toxin antidote that made her immune to various forms of chemicals as well as gave her enhanced strength and durability in addition she has mastery of weapons and fighting ability in the dceu there has been no indication of her receiving the injection from poison ivy though she does seem to possess some enhanced durability as seen in suicide squad and birds of prey she also has a pretty substantial ability to hold her alcohol and cocaine at times, if you saw Birds of Prey. <laughs> um, Amanda Waller does say that Harley is crazier than the Joker, so maybe that's her greatest power, an obliviousness to danger that makes her invulnerable to fear and intimidation, which is I a would superpower. Say so. um, also, also, side note, I guess, um, thinking about it, there was like one other person that had the acid that Harley Quinn and Joker did, but not to the extension of what mm. Joker and Harley did. Joker and Harley dunk yes. themselves in the acid. Um, Joker also has been known to do it more than once. So it's like, yeah, he's just crazy. But like, I think it was the creeper that turned into the creeper because the scientist injected him with the same mm. vat of acid that Harley and Joker had. But it wasn't 
he wasn't dunked in it. He just okay. had it injected to him. So maybe a small dose of it can just he also was crazy, <laughs> but like it can make you crazy. But um, those are like the three that I know of that it definitely has happened to. So yeah, maybe you do have to be a form of special human in order to dunk yourself That's in acid really and not die from. Like I wonder what makes these two crazy people so special that they don't immediately die. <laughs> I don't think it's that they're special. It's like the mm. same with radiation where it's like in <laughs> this is a horrible example, but one of my favorite episodes of a family guy was they accidentally uh-huh. fell into this radiation and then they all got superpowers and then adam west was like i'm gonna do the same thing and then he got really sick and they were like they were like why would you do that and he was like well they got powers and he was like yeah but it's not you're sick now so i don't know i think it's just like different people maybe. different bodies like but maybe they have strong immune systems so it didn't kill Plus, them. i think it's, it's almost gymna- gymnastics that harley does i think primed her body Oh yeah, but Joker doesn't do. He's just running around the city, just being crazy. I think that burns. Do you want to take it to the next session? The next, the next the box part, of scraps. The... Box of scraps. Box I of think scraps. I do. <laughs> I do. No one cared who I was till I. Box of scraps. Who loves the box of scraps? Ed T and Jess love this box of scraps. Is I it like true? The box of scraps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do. We do. We do. I'm so sorry. All right. <gasps> oh, who's Kel? Kel, Kel. Are you Kel? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm between the two of us. I don't know. I think we're both Kel. I think we're both Kel. I don't think there's a Keenan in this situation. We're just both Kel. <laughs> Damn it. Even if Jay was here, even if Jay Washington was here, he'd be a Kel too. Three, three Kels and no Keenan, the podcast. Um, oh, <laughs> so today's box of scraps question is. Do you still buy and read monthly comics? And if so, which comics do you read and why? And this comes from MJ in Santa Fe on Discord. So thank you, MJ in Santa Fe. Beautiful name. Um, I'm Right now, I'm reading everything on Marvel Unlimited. Mm. Anytime there's a new series or movie coming out for Marvel, I like to reread as much as I can of the comic mm. um, to refresh. So Me like too. for Loki, I was reading as much Thor <laughs> comics as I could. Um, I read like the 2010 Loki issues. Um, even the little ones on the side, uh, it, it, it's good. It's like $10 a month. Um, and it has almost everything on there and it has like all of the older, like seventies and like sixties original issues to like most of them. So it's really fun to look back at it digitally. Nice. All right. I do. I love Marvel unlimited. If you guys don't have yeah. Marvel unlimited and you want to get into reading Marvel comics, it's literally the best way. It's literally their entire library essentially in an easy to to use way i'm like go for it this is not an ad i just really like uh, marvel unlimited <laughs> oh well it is a great and it's like you don't even if you're so new to comics and you're just like i just want to specifically read about this person you can just type in the name and it'll give yeah, you all they will, the issues like, that, they, that person they package everything in. so very smartly in the marvel unlimited app so like it's yes, it's yes, the yes, best yes, place yes, to go yeah. to if you if you want to if you're first getting into comics um Again, yeah, not an ad. Great. We just genuinely love Marvel Unlimited. Yeah, Marvel. <laughs> Give me free Marvel Unlimited Marvel. You heard this, Kevin Feige. And DC Infinite. DC, DC Infinite. Infinite as well. DC Infinite, same price, same stuff. You can read all the old freaking Wonder Womans and all the old uh, everything. It's really good. Both of those. Yes. For me, I, I'm not reading any monthly comics right now. I, I do like to keep up with uh, comics as much as I can. But like, it, this time has been kind of rough for me. 
But I I have been rereading one of my favorite comic series of all time, which is uh, Strangers in Paradise. Um, if you don't know Strangers in Paradise, this is like super old I comic. Um, and I, I'm, I'm mainly mentioning this because it's Pride Month. And it's it's about these two girls and, and their, I don't know, their weird adventures that they go on as they slowly you know start to realize that they like each other it's a really it's a really really good i'm not doing the synopsis justice but um i i highly recommend <laughs> it's about um, two girls everyone read strangers in paradise because it's a it's a nice little fun it's not That's superheroes or anything it's just a story um oh i i have a, a same plug girl from the sea by molly um by molly ostertag it's uh pride and it's a young lesbian tale hey. about a mermaid and a girl, and they fall in love, and it's really good. Nice. And I just and also um, read Lumberjanes. I just oh my god, oh, I was obsessed with that when it came out. It's so good. I want to. I read Lumberjanes. Oh yes, Lumberjanes is great. Lumberjanes is so freaking good. good. So funny. Lumberjanes is a good one. Lumberjanes, and I think I said it on this again. Lumberjanes and Rat Queens are two really good, just like female driven, mm. like just badasses, just and badasses. Bitch Planet, dude. can't forget um, about Bitch Planet. <laughs> someone, someone from someone watching this po- our podcast went and da- like bought Bitch Planet for their wife, and then I tagged um I oh my gosh how did I just forget her name Kelly Sudakonic and she immediately was like thanks Aww. for spreading awareness and I was like Kelly <laughs> that's so cool that's so Kelly! cool. I love her. I love her. Oh, everybody read Sweet Tooth yes. now that it's on Jeff, Netflix. Jeff Lemire. Um, Sweet Great Tooth writer. is yeah, such a good oh, Sweet Tooth is yes. really good. And I haven't watched the series yet <laughs> on Netflix, but I love Sweet Tooth yes. so much. But that is it for this episode of Big Question. I want to give a huge thank you to Jess for joining me this episode. You can follow her at Lulu Clemens. She tweets amazing stuff, so please, please follow her. You can follow me at Mastertainment. <laughs> I tweet slightly way less amazing stuff than Jess. So please no, follow us both on the lies. Twitter machines. But most importantly, follow us on New Rockstars wherever we are, especially on YouTube, and hit that notification bell so you can get notifications whenever you, we upload a video. All right, take it easy, everybody. We love you. Bye. Bye.